Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast live on a Wednesday brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook. Be sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a five star wherever you get your podcast. Johnny Venerable, Bo Brock, live at the PHNX headquarters in downtown Phoenix. We are roughly 24 hours removed from the announcement. Arizona Cardinals have a new head coach, Bo, and Jonathan Gannon. But that's not all we got yesterday. It was like that was the cake. And then the icing was our boy K1. That's right. We were not expecting this. Obviously, the big news with Jonathan Gannon was hired as the next Arizona Cardinals head coach. And then just, what, an hour afterwards, the team's site, the team's social media account released a tasty little video that I want to inject into my veins. It was Jonathan Gannon looking like he was leaving the facility to go back to Philadelphia, pack up his family and come back for his introductory press conference, which is tomorrow at 10 a.m. But then Michael Bidwell says, wait, 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 wait. Kyler Murray's here. Kyler K1's in the building. And Jonathan Gannon said, I got to drop everything. I got to go meet my QB1. He doesn't just drop things and, and kind of swiftly walk over there. He gets into a jog, meets up with K1. They have not one, but two solid handshakes, one that I hope to have with John, John Venerable a couple times in my life. Uh, and then they say you, it's not as far as they don't you, you don't hear him say it, but you can kind of tell he says, I'm going to build this for you. Let's win. Let's go. And that's enough for me. That's just Cardinals pornography. I mean, it's unbelievable. It is. It is. I texted Bo. I like to use this word a lot. I got it was emotional watching that, show, <laughs> watching that, watching that tape yesterday because I was doing something else. And Bo texted me and he's like, check out this video. And I'm like, what what do we have here? And then I just, you know, you see those two figures embrace now. And that's that's the Arizona Cardinals for the next hopefully half decade plus are those two figures not meeting for the first time, but embracing in a way that immediately puts to bed all the no, all the you know outgoing noise and the notions that Gannon wants to move off of Kyler Murray. Gannon and Monty Austin Ford, they're going to get their own guy. But Johnny, he's see- a deterrent. Yeah. Kyler Murray's a deterrent of head coaches, wasn't he? <laughs> Benjamin Albright, friend of this program, said every single general manager wanted to talk to Jonathan Gannon. Jonathan Gannon was in yeah. demand. Jonathan Gannon was a commodity, a hot commodity. He chose to come to Arizona, and he chose in part to be with Kyler Murray. I tweeted this out today. You would be a fool if you did not believe that at some point, open lines of communication with one Jalen Hurts with Kyler Murray and Jonathan Gannon making sure that these two individuals knew how big time the other one was. Jalen Hurts, of course, went to Oklahoma the year after. Kyler Murray won his Heisman. I'm told they're very good friends. And, of course, what Hurts has been able to do with Jonathan Gannon has been nothing short of sensational uh, in Philadelphia. So, I mean, it's just it's a fresh start. It's a fresh start for everybody. You see, I the one comment that we got over and over again when we posted that video was, I don't remember K1 smiling like this in, in some time. Because – even though they downplayed it during the season because they had to, the Kingsbury K1 relationship, we know because we talked to Josh Weinfuss during the year. He wrote that article along with Jeremy Fowler. It was deteriorated. They didn't yeah. really speak. They didn't really have a relationship. They used their quarterback coach as a buffer. That's got to be dead and buried now. And Jonathan Dannon doesn't take this job unless he has belief in Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, according to Michael Bidwell at the opening press conference with you and the rest of the media, Bo said he's going to have some input. Everybody signed off on everybody else, and and the healing has begun in more ways than one. 
No doubt about it. I mean, I think that that's I, there. There were people that were probably curious right away what that dynamic was going to look like, and mm-hmm. you would just uh, for, you would just assume, you know, it's it's not Cliff Kingsbury. It's not the guy that you know kind of came hand in hand with Kyler Murray their first year on the job together, and then grew together. And it was yeah. this offensive minded side of football, and Cliff let Kyler be him. And you have this guy that's coming from Philadelphia. That sure he's relatable to players, but he expects a lot from his players and he's kind of a hard ass. Right. And that's definitely, you know, that's what Peter Schrager said. I mean, he's the opposite of Cliff Kingsbury as far as that goes. So immediately you you think, okay, so how's that going to work? And you also notice that sure they're different and he's completely different from Cliff and he's probably different from Kyler Murray, but they have the same expectation is that that's to get this Arizona Cardinals franchise back to winning football games. Like it was in 2021 after just a brutal 2022 season to, to see the two leaders now of the new regime and Kyler be the leftover to be the one that's em- embracing Jonathan Gannon as much as he did in that video, that's why this is important. To kind of see the wild card in this, to kind of maybe question, you know, how is he going to take it and to see him completely just be on board, you know, from with that with a pair of bro hugs to Jonathan Gannon right away, that's got to have you amped as a Cardinals fan. Well, everybody was waiting for the press conference so we can ask Jonathan right. Gannon. Is Kyler going to be there Kyler tomorrow? Murray? Are we going to see right. Kyler at the press conference? Is and now gonna... it's like, we know he likes Kyler Murray. He loves yeah. Kyler Murray, right? And great question by you. Is K-1 going to make an appearance? He's already, I mean, the sub bullet to what we saw yesterday, and we're going to get into that, is Kyler's working out at the facility. He's around, right? And again, a lot of people externally might think, well, that's a that's a bare minimum prereq. No, I think Kyler Murray understands the pressure that's on him. Certainly, all the teammates we talked to on Radio Row, from Zach Ertz to James Conner to Rondell Moore, all said the same thing. Kyler knows and understands, number one, he has to be better, he will be better, and he's going to be motivated. He's a winner. So anybody who thought Kyler Murray was just going to play his Xbox at home and gain 30 pounds while he was nursing this ACL injury, big mistake. And I, it just yesterday was probably the biggest win for this franchise, in my opinion, since they fired Steve Kime. There haven't been too many wins for this franchise to celebrate since last season. They only got four of them. Yesterday was a true win in the offseason. Yeah. You got your head coach to buy in. You got your head coach to leave a cush job in Philadelphia. And you got your quarterback to embrace and accept your head coach while rehabbing. And he looks fantastic. Looks fucking fantastic, Bo. Yeah, I mean, he's only a couple weeks removed, right? He had the surgery on January 3rd. So we're looking at, what, a month and a half removed from having his knee cut into and a stitch put in that meniscus. And uh, you see him, we have video of Kyler Murray via his Instagram getting after it, looking like me on the Peloton that's collecting dust in my bedroom right now. Look at him. He's got he's got Kendall Tools class up, and he's just getting after it. Also, he's getting that knee and getting some uh, mobility here with his his, uh, surgically repaired leg here. Looking good in some some yellow short shorts, doing some some hand eye work here as well. Stability, he looks great, man. I mean, I don't think you can deny that. Even the biggest Kyler haters, and then the little spike at how, the end. How gotta can, love it. How can you be doing that six weeks post surgery? And He's a I, freak. I get it. People are saying, "Well, his leg looks smaller." Well, yeah, let's give him time to to build up the muscle again, get some weight protein going. But I mean, like you watch that video. He's got a black gonna, sleeve on it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out on a limb right now, and I'm I'm gonna say, like anybody who thought he was gonna miss the whole season, and then you watch that in Jan- January, February, 2023. 
The season starts in September. Anybody who thinks he's missing the whole season, uh-uh, that, that's not happening. I'm going to tell you right now, you watch that video, you think Kyler Murray's not going to play football for another 18 months? You are nuts. You're outside your mind. Right. That guy looks ready to compete. I would not be surprised. I'm, I'm pulling stuff out of my ass. I have no idea, so don't hold me to this. <laughs> watch that video and don't tell me Kyler Murray's not going to be active at OTAs, walking around, talking to people, engaged, working his rehab on the side. He's going to be everywhere. Because he needs to be. But also, it's, I think there was concern he'd be on his own timeline. But I, I I think that's put to bed. I think Kyler Murray's out to prove everybody, maybe including himself. I'm going to tackle this head on, and I'm going to be ready to go at some point next year. I'm going to help my team in 2022. Now, don't hate me for bringing up something Cliff Kingsbury said because you had to take no, we're not allowed to do said that. with we a grain of salt. But he was still the coach when Kyler Murray underwent his surgery and Cliff was talking, obviously, to the people in the know within the organization and people that were evaluating and setting the plan forth for Kyler Murray post-surgery and to get on the mend here that, you know, he expected Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, to to be to be one of those guys that that is ahead of schedule rather He's than behind schedule, just because he absolutely is a freak. He says, you know, there are a bunch of people that Kyler Murray was asking advice from in that building. I mean, every NFL roster, the league is littered with guys. It's become so routine, unfortunately, for this ACL surgery, and fortunately. But he's like, but those guys aren't the athlete that K one is, and you know, yeah. I think he's he's showing it right there. And people, you know, Kyler haters continue to come out of the woodwork and are crushing his form on the bike. It's like, who dude, who, who, fucking cares what, what he does on, a, on an exercise bike? I mean, come on. Man. I love Twitter, but man, the Twitter streets, it's a dark and depressing <laughs> place sometimes. Uh, Bucky Bird in the chat, thank you for the insight. This is fantastic. I had ACL surgery. I can tell you, he's doing things I didn't do at this point. He's ahead of schedule. Uh, yeah. Again, everybody reacts differently. His his the modern medicine and the doctors he has and the trainers at his disposal, let's just be real, are better than the average Joe when they have ACL surgery. They just are. I mean, he's got 200 plus million dollars, I would imagine, coming his way in the bank already. Uh, right. He's going to put it toward his career and his body. And you, you absolutely love to see it. And so I to me, Bo, what this signifies is you've put two things to bed in a singular day. You put to bed the fact you can't get a head coach of note and that that coach isn't going to like Kyler Murray, and that Kyler Murray is going to be gone for all of next year. I mean, both of those narratives feel feel like they're gone. I right. mean, Kyler could to, could still take his time. But what did David Chow on Radio Row tell us? The Twitter doctor said Kyler Murray can and probably will be ready to, quote, play from the pocket come September. And I think there's going to be a fat pocket for him to play in in this new offense, whomever's running it, where he's not going to be predicated on running around, saving this team, saving their ass every Sunday, putting the Superman cape on. Right. I think they're going to tune this up. As you heard Jonathan Gannon, we're going to get this thing ready for you. We're going to build it around you. We're going to tune up this Corvette, right? And we're going to have an infrastructure of O-linemen and a run game, maybe just like they did in Cleveland for a certain backup in Jacoby Brissett, for him to succeed until Deshaun Watson came back. I think anybody who was saying, well, they have to just scrap it. Kyler can't play next year. They'll need him to do everything. Number one, the NFC is garbage. It's trash right now. And it could get worse with Aaron Rodgers' departure. The Cardinals can flip their roster in a singular offseason. We saw it with the Giants. We saw it with the Seahawks and be competitive next year. Yeah. I hear too many people, it, you know, everybody's saying, well, they're not going to be competitive next year. Just sit them. I, I don't think Jonathan Gannon has the appetite to do that. I don't think Michael Bidwell paying Kyler Murray a premium has the appetite. 
they are going to try to win games next year with the caveat that we're also going to build hopefully something that's sustainable, Bo. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, when when you look at those teams, and this is why in the NFL, more so than the other professional football or the other professional leagues, it's possible to do the worst to first jump or just yeah. get from worst to into contention is because when you're set with a, and you're facing a rebuild, what happens? You you shed, you know, veterans that are at the end of their career mm-hmm. in, in place of younger, more athletic and physical players. And that's what this league is all about. That's why you saw Seattle make an immediate turnaround because they got more physical and they got faster and more athletic. And that's what you can do when you're armed with a lot of draft capital and cap space and you're just and you're churning the roster from a bunch of overpaid veterans to younger, more athletic, more physical, more uh, faster athletes. Uh, it's it's only going to change in the favor of probably producing more wins and, and also hopefully keep guys healthier than maybe some some veterans that are at the end of their career that that suffer some injuries that we, that we saw far too often last year. But no, absolutely. And you see with Kyler Murray, I mean, with the the embrace of Jonathan Gannon and then the training, of course, you know, him just kind of recklessly riding that bike. That's also a good thing because you talk about the mental side of this. If he, he's willing yeah. to jump on a bike a couple of weeks removed, uh, I mean, we only had that picture off of social media a couple of weeks ago where he not a great he picture. Downtrodden, not right? a great picture. That that's that's one that's telling you a different story, right? You're like, well, right. shit, how long is he going to be out? Uh, but this one, you know, he's on a bike and he's going forward. And I know your ACL is more like if you're going forward, it's fine. Like it's it's the side to side stuff that gets right. tougher. It's but lateral. the mental side, the fact that he's able to kind of do all these things already, I think already gives Kyler Murray the edge there. But you know, as far as Gannon. Ever since get you know the twenty four hours removed from the reports on on Gannon is oh you know he's a guy that was he was born on third base with his Philadelphia Eagles defense and you know he he was a product of all the talent there and he didn't show up in the second half against Patrick Mahomes and is the reason that they lost the Super Bowl all these negative headlines surrounding Jonathan Gannon and of course all the negative negativity that came out about Kyler Murray, it creates what we've been talking about for 36 days about this coaching cycle is you're going to get a motivated Kyler Murray to answer all those doubters and have a chip on his shoulder. Mm -hmm. And you can bet that Jonathan Gannon is going to have a chip on his shoulder because there are people already coming out with their coaching rankings for this class right now. And Jonathan Gannon is not high on that list. He's not. I mean, some are calling it, you know, the most uninspiring hire of the offseason, which I disagree with. So the fact that you've got a motivated head coach and quarterback, it excites me. Yeah. I mean, listen, we're going to have to try to talk ourselves into Aaron Glenn at one point in this (laughs) in this hiring cycle. And that's with all due respect to Aaron Glenn. But he had what the 29th ranked defense in the NFL for the Detroit Lions. This guy had this what the second ranked defense sixth in DVOA, 70 sacks, 17 interceptions. And then Bo, it was the coup de grace today. Go check out Bo Brock's Twitter, basically detailing the false narrative that was the Philadelphia Eagles stack defense when you talk about dollars and cents when comparison to somebody, Bo, like Lou Anarumo, who everybody <laughs> said, well, he had a bunch of nobodies on his defense right. and he coached him up. I don't discredit what Lou Anarumo did, but you squashed that narrative pretty quick that, Basically, Gannon had this flurry of talent that they right. overpaid for. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, when you look into it as far as cap dollars spent on that side of the football, you can see in 2022 that the Arizona Cardinals actually spent more money on their defense. And we all know this. We've we've outlined this, that the Arizona Cardinals, they spent more money on defense than the Philadelphia Eagles did in 2022, which is pretty astounding, yep. right? Because of all the money they put towards the offense. 
in night in 2022, the Arizona Cardinals spent $89.8 million on the defensive side of the football. Not a ton, right? That's what 20, I think 21st most in the NFL or 23rd most was the Philadelphia Eagles. They spent $89.1 million. Lou Anarumo and in that, uh, let he made more with less in the Bengals defense. Well, they spent the fifth most much, most money on the defensive side of the football in 2022. So that's that's tough to tell me at the end of the day. I mean, they're spending a ton of money on that side of the football. It's more on veterans because they couldn't draft and develop guys. They spent all their draft capital on the offensive side of the football, so they had to make up for it on the defensive side by spending a ton of free agent dollars, and uh, they spent $114.5 million on the defensive side of the football. The most, if you're wondering, it was the – Pittsburgh Steelers, they spent over $125 million on that side of the football, which is insane. It's like the argument I make, like, I, I get it. They've got big names on their defense, and we all know uh, Hassan Reddick. That was their marquee signing. But, yeah. like, a casual NFL fan cannot name a linebacker for that team, for Philadelphia. Yeah. A casual NFL fan, presumably not in Philadelphia, can't name a safety there. People know Darius Slay, probably because of the Detroit trade. But, I mean, like, They've got some defensive linemen that they've housed in-house for a few years, Fletcher Cox and company. Brandon Graham is old. You know, Hardgraves was a free agent signing a few years back. It's not this all-star level defense. I think most people thought they were susceptible, especially on the back end, and that's where his specialty is. Their pass defense during the season, fantastic. Fantastic. And I know everybody's up in arms. Look at the quarterbacks that they face. Look at the quarterbacks in the NFC. Not great. So I'm okay with learning on the fly when the Cardinals are facing Geno Smith and Brock Purdy and an aging Matthew Stafford. If they're in a division with Mahomes and, and you know, potentially Aaron Rodgers, like that's a problem, right? But I to me, it's like you play to your strength, allow him to come in and maximize a lot of these defenders for Arizona, especially right. these high draft picks, man. Like we don't know if Isaiah Simmons is getting his fifth-year option picked up, but if he does, and it's Zayvon Collins and these these pass rushers and Will Anderson and Jalen Thompson and Buda Baker, I think the turnaround, especially on defense, is going to be stark. It's going to be fast. We're going to see it come to fruition quickly with this team because the biggest knock I had on Vance Joseph was Kingsbury, you set him aside, didn't do a good job. His job was to get the most out of K-1. It didn't happen. But Vance, he had been around four years. He had been gifted top pick after top pick and free agents and blah, blah, blah. And the defense still looked directionless at the end of the season. Still playing journeyman players, right, over young draft picks. We're going to see Jonathan Gannon staple on this team, especially on the defensive side, immediately. And I I think that you can leverage that to competitiveness in the NFC, how bad the NFC is. So I'm a little bit overhearing that the Cardinals are punting on 2023. And I'm not just saying that. This was the AFC. If they play in the AFC West and Kyler's not playing, we can have that conversation. But the NFC is just too awful and too up in the air for me to say the Cardinals aren't going to be competitive next year. No one knows. No one right. knows. Well, it's it's going to a lot of it's going to fall on the shoulders of Monty Austin Fort and assistant yeah. general manager Dave Sears and how they approach their first year is kind of being the guys in that building uh, to build the roster and and they're going to have the opportunity to churn things out with salary cap dollars and with, with draft Fourth capital. Place schedule, it, it's, it's pretty crazy to look at, you know, where people will subjectively say like he, he couldn't coach against a good quarterback and then they'll discount, you know, one day they're talking about how good Trevor Lawrence is. And then the next, he doesn't count as a good quarterback. It's the only good quarterback he coached against with Daniel 
Daniel Jones and the New York Giants. I mean, that's just sillier. And like, oh, well, Aaron Rodgers got hurt in the game they played against Green Bay. It's like, well, yeah, but they had three sacks against Aaron Rodgers and two picks before he left the game and Jordan Love came in. It's just like, come on, dude. Like, I see what you're doing, and and you're just mostly based off recency bias. And I don't – you can't discount that. I think that the Super Bowl second half absolutely is a red flag, and that's something that you hope that – you know, John Gannon, who's a relatively young coach, who's going to be 40, is going to learn from his mistakes that unfortunately he had to make on the biggest stage. And, and luckily the Arizona Cardinals weren't just uh, as close-minded, too close-minded to, to give him an opportunity. A guy that Monty Austinfort identified having the it factor last summer when he started looking at head coaching candidates before mm. he even got a GM job. You know what will help, though, those defensive adjustments? Uh, somebody by the name of Mike Zimmer. And we're going right. to talk about that here in a second. I want to get to the Super Chat. Thank you so much, the Red Bearded Red, 4 99 Thank you so much, my guy. People need to stop underestimating what Kyler can do. The kid has proven he's different at every stage, no doubt. Like Gannon said, let's build this thing for him. Uh, wonderfully said. And again, I'd be the first person today coming on this show saying if, if Kyler Murray seemed disengaged and like a pull of LeBron James, didn't love the hire, went vocal on social media, narratives, mixed messages, I'd blast Kyler Murray today, no doubt. But Kyler Murray, what do you, what do you want? What more do you want him to do? He's in the facilities working out and he's embracing his new head coach. He's bullish about it. He's excited about it. As long as he keeps doing that and checking the boxes, I mean, to me, it's, it's, it's an easy scenario to see. I think these two are going to have immense success together. Jalen Blair, a friend of the program, $2 super chat. Nothing wrong with building with an eye on 2024. I think you can do both. For sure. I mean, the Seattle Seahawks showed you you could do both. They didn't go out and spend a bunch of money in free agency, but they went out and had a banger of a draft, and they took advantage of the Cardinals' ineptitude under Kingsbury and Vance Joseph and Kime and said, we're going to leapfrog you guys, and we're going to make the playoffs. And they had two bookend tackles come from the same draft class. They had a day three corner that was fantastic, right? They had Geno Smith, a journeyman that they coached up. And some of the guys from the prior, not regime, but guys who were stars in that Russell Wilson era helped to get this ship righted. And the Cardinals have those. They have the Buda Bakers, right? They have the James Connors. They have the Zach Ertz. They have pieces. This is not a stripped down roster. The roster needs some help, no doubt. But you push the right buttons, man. This league, that's why, I, my opinion, it's the best league uh, in professional sports. It, you can turn your around and you can get your fan base yeah. riled up and turn around your roster in a, in a single off season. Yeah, you, you, you can, I mean, this is uh that's what people gets people excited. And that's why, you know, that's why NFL is King. Uh, of course, when you compare it to all the major sports in the U S it's because the ability to, to turn a roster and, and you know, take draft capital and, and turn it into, you know, good young players and, and, going from, you know, pretenders to contenders. So, and it's going to come down to, you know, Monty Austin Fort. I mean, I ideally, and really what he wants to do is to kind of start from the ground level, right. And, and kind of dig in and get some roots there and, and start to build a winning culture ultimately. And if, if winning is, is ahead of schedule, sure. Right. Like as long as they're going to be competitive, I think they, like we've said it all coaching shirts is this, this thing's not going to be a, a, a bear cupboard. It, they've got some yeah. talent on this roster. Um, but yeah, they, they have a lot of, a lot of holes to fill too. And it's going to be, it's going to be up to money to be able to fill those out and, and to bring a guy, uh, with Sears and Gannon and, you know, who Gannon wants to bring along with him as well, guys who have relationships with players and coaches in this league. And then those coaches have relationships as well. It's easier to identify guys who can come and compete at this level instead of like, 
oh, we got to lean on Steve Keim and who Steve Keim has identified post Bruce Arians. He didn't have the best ability to do that. Yeah. And speaking of Steve Keim, I put out a tweet. It's at my Twitter at Johnny Venerable. I mean, I think now is the time that the Cardinals and Monty Austin Forty, if he hasn't already, are going to begin to go through this roster with a fine tooth comb to decipher, ladies and gentlemen, who is worth keeping around or, or who is worth moving off of. Uh, again, you look at notable possible salary cap cuts for this team. Robbie Anderson, I think, is a no-brainer for this franchise to move off of, save $12 million. You've got guys like Rodney Hudson, Dennis Gardeck. You can save a combined $7.5 million should you move off after June 1st. Marcus Golden, one of Steve Kime's specialties, one of his best picks ever back in 2015. You cut him, you save over $3 million. It's fall in like with the players on the roster currently. Don't fall in love. Because if you remember, dating back to 2020, uh, 2013, I remember where I was. The first night Kime went to work, he churned out that roster from Rod Graves and Ken Wisenhunt to make it what it ended up being, a Bruce Arian staple. They flipped, I want to say, 75% of the roster on its head, that singular offseason. Now, I don't think the roster is in as bad of shape as 2013 when Steve Kime took it over, but I do think that they're going to have to make some difficult decisions with a lot of players, particularly young players, Bo, when you look at Byron Murphy and Zach Allen free agency. I just mentioned Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons has a fifth-year option coming up that's going to make him potentially a top seven-to-five player paid on this roster so you think about that Bo, and it's like okay we don't know if he fits with what Jonathan Gannon wants to do we don't know if he fits with what the defense wants to be and everybody's up in arms like we well, got to make it work you got to make it work that's kind of my bold prediction or my bold theory to kind of look out for because as everybody knows immensely talented 24 years old has some value it would not surprise me with TJ Edwards being available this offseason the borderline Pro Bowl linebacker, 84 grade on PFF, captain of Philadelphia's defense, whom they're going to allow reach free agency. I would just be interested to see like, okay, is Isaiah Simmons a linebacker? Does he play rush end, right? What We can't play him at corner anymore. We've got two safeties that we love under contract. How do they fit that in? Because it's not Isaiah Simmons making minimal money on his rookie deal anymore. It's right. Is Isaiah Simmons in the future plans of this team, of Jonathan Gannon's defense, because if he is, we're going to have to commit and commit a premium. I mean, you're, you you just saw what the Chicago Bears did, and that's with Roquan Smith, you know, out of Georgia, coming in and kicking ass and taking names from day one. They said, no, 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 we just, we're not going to pay an off-ball linebacker this much money. Well, he had, a, he had proven more than Isaiah Simmons. Right. And now I, I think this is one of the toughest tasks for Monty Austin Ford and Jonathan Gannon is to come in and say, we like, the, presumably, they're going to say we like Isaiah Simmons, but at what price, Bo? Right. And you see a guy like TJ Edwards who played inside linebacker for them, you know, at a high level the last two seasons, a guy who had over 160 tackles. He was a tackle for loss machine. I think he had 10 last season, and uh, he had a couple sacks as well. And he was an undrafted guy out of Wisconsin, and he really, he really kind of found his stride at the NFL level under Jonathan Gannon and their linebackers coach, Nick Rollis, who we'll see with Howard Balzer if, if he's probably, I mean, every, all signs are pointing to Rollis potentially being uh, Jonathan Gannon's defensive coordinator. So uh, you get excited about the ability to, to kind of develop players like Edwards did, 
under Philadelphia in Philadelphia under under these these two guys, and then you've got uh, guys with the talent and obviously um, draft status of Zayvon Collins and, and Isaiah Simmons. But it's it's really going to come down to do they view them as you know projects that they can move forward with. Yeah, Jason Krell, dollar ninety nine super chat. Thank you so much, my guy. Off topic, that meetup, Gannon and K one, awesome. It is awesome. It's the highlight of the off season so far. It's the culmination of our thirty six day process, which by the way took place on DraftKings, the kickoff, looking at head coaching odds, which have since been removed. But we know our guy Dalton, hundred bucks paid out over twenty three hundred dollars on Jonathan Gannon to become the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. So congrats, Dalton. He dabbled where else on DraftKings? DraftKings right now, my favorite place to wager on the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns, a freight train from hell, led by DeAndre Ayton, who was a menace last night. And oh, by the way, a certain NBA superstar, Kevin Durant, is about to join them. So take all the Phoenix Sun future odds. They are the favorite right now to come out of the West. They are the co-favorites to win the NBA title. You can bet on all that and more on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook. All you got to do, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that promo code PHNX. Get this. New customers can bet a mere $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. So if you're a new customer, all you got to do, put a five spot on any bet, parlay, you know, a, a prop bet, money line, over under the spread. You don't even have to win it. You just got to lay it and you get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See those show notes for details, Bo. The more money you make at DraftKings, the more money you can go spend at Arizona's finest brewery. We're talking about Four Peaks, of course, with all the beer you could want, including Kilt Lifter. It's flagship. You can find it in grocery stores, convenience stores, gas stations. Uh, but why not go to the H Street Brewery in Tempe and enjoy that great beer, that great atmosphere, and that great food. Also, if you're not maybe a Kilt Lifter fan, which you're probably crazy if, you, if you're not, but if you're an IPA guy or gal, get the Hop Knot. You got the Hazy IPA. Sun Brews, one of their OG beers that still hits really good and you got the peach if you like more of a, a tropical fruity flavor you got the peach gold nail and the wow wheat which is arizona's number one wheat beer can't go wrong with four peaks in the beer department the food department they've got great appetizers they've got great entrees you like flatbreads they've got the pizzas there and then of course you've got the desserts always have daily and nightly specials you got to check them out fourpeaks.com follow them on socials as well at four peaks brew got to be 21 years or older of course to enjoy the beer but cheers to 25 years to four peaks brewing company it's synonymous with our great state go check them out if you haven't done so already and if you have you know you got to go check them out it's it's the best place to catch a game drink a cold one eat some good food watch the suns coyotes sun devils wildcats cardinals during the football season at four peaks just got to be 21 years or older. Jason Krell, Gannon's attitude way better than Cliff's ever was. Thank you so much, Jason. Another <laughs> super chat, $1.99. I just, it's just different, right? It's not like old man river attitude where stubborn drill sergeant, but it's not the lax country club vibe. And those vibes for Cliff were working until they did, right? You can run a country club training camp, uh, you know, out at wherever we went, out by Glendale. If your team's off to fast starts like they did in 2020 and 2021. But when you shit the bed at the beginning of the 2022 season and look non-engaged, non-competitive, not prepared against the Kansas City Chiefs, that looked like Bama versus a one double A team that that you you can't have the benefit of the doubt anymore. Your training camps are moot 
we need to move forward with somebody else. And we saw that evidence over the course of the 2022 season. If you want to see somebody be as transparent as possible and objective, go watch the clip of Peter Schrager, who is very close with Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. Talk about the differences between Gannon and Kingsbury. And like at the end of the day, John Gannon's been in this league for a long time, a decade plus tutelage under Mike Zimmer, right? Went to Philadelphia with uh, kind of a, I want to say, um, you know, arrows coming at his back from the Philly fan base, right? He had a target on his back mm-hmm. and they get to the playoffs last year and they reach the NFC title game. He gave up 14 points total in the postseason. He's animated, right? We all saw the infamous video of him rolling down the car window <laughs> saying, we're going to effing gut these guys talking about Kyle Shanahan's 49ers. I mean, if that, if that does not get you fired up, because listen, I, I loved a lot of about Cliff Kingsbury's vibe. He was respectful to the media. He was not always honest, but he was real. You could have a conversation with him. But at the end of the day, he just wasn't a good football coach for this franchise. Right. And I think many of his critics, Bo, were on the fact that he cared about too much of the optics for everything. That's not Jonathan Gannon. He's a football coach through and through. Right. And some people are even suggesting that you know, Gannon could potentially be a better football coach than he was defensive coordinator just because of his leadership qualities. You know, he doesn't have to deal with the, the, you know, immersing himself in the game planning and then making the second half adjustments. He can obviously help a guy like if it's Rollis who's doing his DC work or whoever it may be, he can help in the game planning. But as far as the game and adjustments and stuff like that, Gannon doesn't have to do that. But you you like that he has the relatability, as we heard from Andrew Sandejo with his players, but also, you know, he's got a little bit of an edge to him and is going to expect more professionalism from his players and make sure it's there. And if it's not, it doesn't sound like he has any kind of uh, problem, you know, telling his players about that. And I feel like that's where the biggest difference is between the previous, the the new coaching staff and the previous coaching staff. Uh, We continue to talk about Jonathan Gannon. His uh, introductory press conference will be tomorrow at 10 a.m. before Kevin Durant's introduced to the Phoenix media later in the day. Uh, But Gannon there's some names being tied to Gannon and his new coaching staff. And the person breaking that news is our own Arizona Cardinals beat reporter, Howard Balzer joins us. Howard, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good guys. You can probably tell from my voice. It's not in great shape. I came down with a cold Monday morning and I've been dealing with it for a couple of days. So hopefully I won't go into a bad coughing jag during this interview. (laughs) (laughs) That's what happens, right? Radio roll, shaking hands, fist pounding man he just everybody touches everybody and it just becomes you know a little bit of a cesspool but uh, (laughs) I'm glad you're able to join us because you dropped some really interesting news yesterday they got a lot of people excited mainly that the Cardinals potentially and Gannon could be connected to former Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer who of course worked with Gannon on that staff what can you tell us how viable is this and how soon could a decision be made well, I, I would think that any decisions on it, all the coaches are going to come relatively quickly. I mean, with with this taking so long to get the head coach, and it seems obvious that the Cardinals were waiting for Gannon to be done with his season. And of course, the Eagles didn't cooperate. So I would think they're, they're going to be working with breakneck speed. I mean, the combine starts in two weeks and you certainly want as many as the coaches as possible uh, to be there for that. So I think it could come. Uh, quick, uh, relatively quickly. And, you know, the Mike Zimmer news was interesting because, of course, Deion Sanders announced about two weeks ago, I think it was, that, you know, Zimmer was an analyst at Jackson State with Deion Sanders last year. 
And then Dion announced on January 27th, I think it was, that Zimmer was going to follow him to, Jack, to, to Colorado. So whether that changes or not, it, it's very possible it could. We'll have to wait and see. But, yeah, that would, that would be a big plus uh, for Jonathan Gannon to add him uh, to the staff. But like I said, he's got a lot of work to do. Offensive coordinator, offensive line coach. Obviously, there's a lot of coaches to hire, and he's got to work relatively quickly. It seemed like it was a mass exodus, even when you know, there was a chance that Vance Joseph could potentially return, depending on who they decided to go with the, the head coach there. Uh, but we saw Matt Burke take the D.C. job with Houston, well-deserved. And you saw a couple other coordinators on the back end as far as the DBs and safeties coach take jobs at, with different respective teams. So, I mean, is, is there any talk about the Arizona Cardinals keeping any of the, the, the remaining staff, or is it all up to Gannon to kind of make the decision and kind of create his own staff uh, in his first year? I'm pretty sure it'll be mostly up uh, to Gannon. I mean, that's what most head coaches want, yeah. the ability to hire coaches. He has relationships with, with a, you know, with a lot of coaches over the years. And I'm not, I'm not sure what the contract statuses of a lot of the assistants. We know that Vance Joseph is under contract. So I'm yeah. sure Mike Bidwell would say, yeah, it'd be nice if you could find a spot for him, but I don't know if that's, if that's viable. I, I will say this. I believe we all get hung up in times and, and about coordinators or whatever in one game and then say, oh, look what Jonathan Gadden did right. in the second half, his defense. I, I think I, I watched the game. I was there. I think they were playing the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and one of the great play callers in history and Andy Reid in setting up an offense. So it certainly seems like a big part of this was that Monty Ossenfort I think he sold Michael Bidwell on Jonathan Gannon, on Gannon because he feels that he has that, quote, it factor as the head coach to set the tone, set the culture, and let everybody else coach. And I think that's, you know, that's a pretty good way to go. But you still have to have a quality staff, obviously. But like I said, I think we get hung up on coordinators, how many yards the unit gave up, or what all these different things, and the points that were scored in the second half. I mean, heck, one of them, the Chiefs got the ball on the five-yard line after a punt return. Yeah, so, yeah. I think you can't – I don't think that we should overreact to those things because good coaches are good coaches. And bottom line is you have to have the players, but you're playing a lot of teams with good players in this league, and sometimes it's not going to work in a game or, or a second half, whatever it might be. What a shot in an arm it would be for Gannon's defense to be able to bring on somebody like Mike Zimmer. You'd be able to put to bed those concerns real quick. Let's turn to the offensive side of the ball. You put it out there a couple different times – you feel like it will be Drew Petzing as the new offensive coordinator, presumably leaving his job as the quarterback coach of the Cleveland Browns. What have you been hearing about Drew Petzing, and why do you think that'd be a good fit? Yeah, I mean, I've been hearing about it uh, for you know for a while, and that if Gannon got the job, that was a guy that he had targeted. Another guy he's he's been with, another young guy. I think he's thirty-five. Uh, I believe that's his age, and so I don't know that much about him. Uh, quite yeah. honestly, and you're hiring a coordinator that was a quarterback's coach, so he's never been a coordinator, but that happens a lot of times with teams. It's not like great coordinators are sitting out there to be hired, and so a lot of times it's going with a guy who hasn't done it before and, and hope that you know he has the wherewithal uh, to make it happen, but he comes highly recommended, and you know the key is, you know, I, I mentioned something yesterday on Twitter. I said, this hire could very well define the Monty Austin Ford era 
with the Cardinals. Now, I know maybe that's a little bit over overreaction. It's not like if it doesn't work in three years that he'll be fired too. But a lot of a lot are going to be watching closely uh, because I, I really believe that this that that his belief in Jonathan Gannon was a big part of why this hiring took place. Now, I mean, we talked to Zimmer, and that's that's a big name as far as the defensive side of the football goes. And you also mentioned somebody else, Howard, and we've t- been talking about him a little bit. The linebackers coach from Philadelphia, Nick Rollis, he has a chance to follow Gannon from the East Coast out here to the desert. What do you know about Nick? Yeah, a, a young up-and-comer. Everyone talks about him as that. I don't know if it would be a little stretch to have him as the defensive coordinator. Uh, there's you know, I, I put out there that he could be the D.C. or he could be a hit assistant head coach and linebackers. Uh, certainly Gannon likes him a lot. He's he's only 29 uh, right now. I think he turns 30 in July. So you talk about if these guys were talking about actually get jobs, it's shaping up to be. Well, that, that's only a couple guys, obviously, but it's shaping up to be you know a pretty young staff. So uh, but like I said, talking to different people, he's talked about a lot in the league, like I said, as an up and comer. And and you have, you know, you have. To, to be successful, you have to hit on them. But obviously, you still need players. I mean, what's interesting about Zimmer is one of the reasons that he was let go in Minnesota is because his defense didn't play well uh, for the right. last three years that he was there. That doesn't mean he's not a good defensive coach. They didn't have enough really good players. And I think sometimes that's lo- you know we lose sight of that, that it's about players. And we get hung up on schemes and play calling and coordinators and all that. But you better have the players to make it happen, whether it's on, obviously whether it's on offense or defense. Yeah. And Zimmer, you know, there was the clash with Kirk cousins. I love the idea of basically saying, don't worry about being the head coach, come here and help mold some of these young players. And unlike Vance Joseph, Mike Zimmer played a lot of rookies, the late Jeff Gladney. He played a lot as a rookie under Mike Zimmer. He developed Anthony Barr and Everson Griffin and all these guys throughout the draft. I just, ever since you put that out there, Howard, I've been obsessed with it because I just feel like it's the crescendo, it's the cherry on top to this Gannon hire to be able to get somebody of that magnitude and why I think, listen, if Jonathan Gannon's sitting there with Michael Bidwell and says, I can get Mike Zimmer, they, that's the trump card to Brian Flores and some of these other guys because you've watched it firsthand. You know, Kingsbury at the end of the day kind of lived and died by the staff that was put together for him. We all know Steve Wilkes' staff, not ideal. I mean, it is critical for Jonathan Gannon to be able to put all these pieces in place because one of the biggest criticisms, Howard, right now is, well, the Cardinals, they're doubling down on these inexperienced guys just like they did with Cliff and Steve. They should have gone out and gotten a former head coach. What do you say to that? Well, I mean, I think that was – that might have been their – you know, certainly they were – it might have been a long shot from the start to get Sean Payton. It seemed like there really wasn't that much interest in Frank Reich. Who knows? Maybe Frank Reich didn't have interest in the, in the Cardinals for, for all we know. And yeah. then, of course, there was the Brian Flores story, and you know he dropped out. I mean, he had in, in his mind, in, unless the Cardinals told him you're getting this job, he had you know he had he had a contract there offered by the Vikings, mm-hmm. and it probably wasn't going to be there if he waited for the Cardinals to make a decision after the Super Bowl. So, and the Cardinals obviously weren't going to make a decision before that. That seems that seems clear. Uh, by all this. So, yeah, I mean, all, all of the hires are, are tremendously crucial. And, you know, we'll, we'll see if, you know, the, the coach has the opportunity to keep guys on the staff if he wants. And all comes down to how many guys are available. Do, do teams let guys leave that are under contract and, and, and all those things. But I, I think that it would be it would be good to see, too, with 
uh, if, if Petsing is the offensive coordinator, that maybe there's someone out there. A lot of these teams, you know, like it, it could be that Zimmer might be the DC or he yeah. could be senior assistant. And we see yeah. a lot of teams doing that. Like the Panthers, I believe, you know, they hired Dom Capers as right. a senior defensive assistant. So it would be good for Gannon to, if he can, find an experienced offensive coach that can help if there's if there ends up being a bunch of other younger guys on the staff, because that is a big plus, like you said, to get to have that experience on your staff. Make sure you're following him on Twitter, hbalzer721. Reading his great work, go phnx.com to unlock those diehard articles. Sign up with the code Howard. Howard Balzer, always a pleasure to talk with you, my man. We'll see you tomorrow. You're the best, Feel better. Yeah, I'm hoping I'll be. I'm hoping I'll be there. I don't want to be coughing on everybody. So I mean, it was really crazy. I missed the Monty Austin Fort press conference because that was the day we all voted on the Hall of Fame. Oh, man. oh yeah, couldn't do it that day. And now it's almost a month to the day. That was January 17th. Here we are tomorrow, February 16th, and might not be able to make it because I end up getting a little bit under the weather. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. But be that as it may, whatever, however it works out. Howard, we, we got to have you back and talk about Don Coriel. You mentioned, of course, yes. the Hall of Fame. And then, of course, Conrad Dobler, the, yeah. the tragic news that, that uh, he passed away this week, Cardinals Hall of Famer. So we, we got to have you back real soon to talk about those legends as well. But Howard Balzer leaves here, PHNX Cardinals. We continue on with the conversation. Uh, yeah, you, Nick Rollis, 29 years old, Johnny. He's from yeah. Minnesota. Who, you know, who else is from Minnesota? Uh, Mike Zimmer. Monty Austin Fort. Monty Austin Fort. That's right. So lots, lots of connecting, lots of connecting the dots. Oh yeah. I'm just, I'm just guessing names because I'm assuming, <laughs> but I know Mike Zimmer coached there. Real quick, thank you to Howard Balzer for voting and helping getting Don Coriel into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't know that, uh, Howard, longtime Cardinal reporter, dating back to his time in St. Louis. Uh, if you're a, if you're a longtime Cardinal fan, that man we just had on was a staple and a supporter of Coriel getting in. So uh, Howard kicking ass and taking names in a bunch of different ways for us at gophnx.com. But um, I love connecting the dots. I'm going to connect the dot right now and say anybody who's not using underdog fantasy, big mistake, huge year long <laughs> fantasy. I'm stiff arming and I'm ready to go daily fantasy sports because they do it differently. Man, oh man, I'm watching my Phoenix Suns last night and I'm looking at the underdog fantasy app and I'm just counting the dollars. I'm stacking the cash, that fat cash that can come with underdog fantasy when you bet on the higher and lower and I went higher on DeAndre Ayton last night and my boy the number one overall pick <laughs> the, the Valley native the Arizona native took it to task last night and uh, helped me get the dub and helped the Suns get the dub if you don't know about underdog fantasy if you thought oh I, that's that's some cliche football app no 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 they do fantasy sports daily fantasy sports for damn near everything and they do it differently draft your team against up to five of your friends the high scoring squad wins that cold, hard cash. I've been taking money from my buddies who are back in Chicago betting on the Bulls. I've been laughing at them because I'm betting on my Phoenix Suns. You can draft up to six NBA players with no positional limits. I'm about to have Devin Booker, Kevin Durant. Uh, I almost said Mikael Bridges. Not, I could still, I guess, I guess, dabble on Mikael Bridges, but I can go DeAndre Ayton. I can go Chris Paul. I can go deep on Underdog Fantasy. You can, too. All you got to do, go to underdogfantasy.com, download the app, sign up with promo code you guessed it, PHNX, and Underdog is going to match your first deposit up to $100. So put in a hundy, boop, get out a hundy right now. Use an Underdog, underdogfantasy.com. It is my premium choice for Underdog, or excuse me, for fantasy sports. 
I say this all the time. I get messaged about underdog fantasy damn near more than any other partner we have. People asking me if it's legit. It's legit. Use it. Get free monies with promo code PHNX. You will not be sorry that you did, Bo. That's aggressive. That's very aggressive. And it's like, you know, custom fantasy football, fantasy basketball, fantasy, soon to be fantasy baseball. And speaking of custom, more furniture, you can get some custom ordered furniture to perfectly suit your living room, your dining room, your bedroom, your kids room. Easy way to do that. Just go online, morefurniture.com. You can shop the frames, the fabrics that you want that's going to make your house, your apartment, your condo look great. They also have the chat there online as well. And this weekend, you can save up to 25% on their President's Day sale and get that free white glove delivery. That means they're going to get rid of all the packing materials, no trash hanging out there. Of course, they're going to put things together and put them exactly where you want it, and it's going to cost you just less than $1,700 with the free white glove delivery included during the twenty up to 25% off President's Day sale. Go get the furniture for your living room, your bedroom, your dining room set, your kids' bedrooms, your office and entertainment setups at More Furniture. You can find them, of course, 44th Street, McDowell, or online, morfurniture.com. That's morefurniture.com. You guys have been crushing it with the Super Chats as of late. Thank you so much to everybody. Jason, yet another one, $1.99. Perfect transition. Excited for free agency and the draft. Will Anderson or Jalen Carter? That is the million-dollar question, and thankfully one that Bo and I do not have to answer. (laughs) However, picking third overall, my goodness, it's an embarrassment of riches. This offseason just gets better and better because, yes, we're going to talk coordinators, we're going to talk free agency, but draft season is upon us. Now that Super Bowl 57 is in the books. Todd McShay, I think one of his first mock drafts of the new year, and uh, our sweet baby Arizona Cardinals picking third overall, (laughs) two quarterbacks going ahead of him, some trades, some bullshit I don't care about, but then stick and pick where the Redbirds, Will Anderson, outside linebacker, Will Anderson Jr., outside linebacker, University of Alabama, pairing it now beautifully with new head coach Jonathan Gannon, chef's kiss, ready to kick some ass and take some names in the desert. I mean, just layer after layer, building block after building block. No niche garbage. No undersized wideout. No no guy, <laughs> with all due respect, from, from schools I've never heard of, right? No off-ball linebackers in the top 10. Right. An SEC Defensive Player of the Year, ass kicker, can't miss prospect, heading to Arizona. You love to see it. A TFL machine. Just yes. an absolute tackle for a loss machine, Will Anderson Jr. You only hope... He gets there at three, and it's a good problem to have if you have the choice between Jalen Carter and Will Anderson Jr. And you look at Jonathan Gannon, what's the tendency there? I mean, you could make a case for both of them. You saw some ass kickers as far as playing inside on the defensive line. You saw one of the most stacked interior defensive units in the NFL that they added in Dombakin who is a very yeah. bit part-time player for that group. But you had Hargrave, who's going to be a free agent, I'm not, you know, I would think Philly, even though he's in his 30s, are going to maybe prioritize bringing him back. They've got Fletcher Cox, who's a free agent, who they're probably going to try to see if they can help him retire a Philadelphia Eagle. But if one of those guys becomes available, you would hope that they would land in the desert and that would help open potential rush lanes. But you had four guys from Jonathan Gannon's Philadelphia Eagles defense rack up double digit sacks. And, you know, you've got Hassan Reddick, who is a beast all season long, 16 plus sacks, right? And Will Anderson is the prototype for that, right? You can find that yep. comp there. and it, Or Carter can be, you know, the next Fletcher Cox or Hargrave. 
and it's uh, and Jonathan Gannon's got kind of start to build what he had in Philly that was so successful right here in the desert. I'm pushing for our draft party, our annual draft party. We don't know details yet, but we're only going to serve two things at the draft party. We're going to serve meat and we're going to serve potatoes because that's what this draft (laughs) is going to be about for the Arizona Cardinals. It's just going to be raw meat and raw potatoes. And you guys, buffet style, go nuts like the Arizona Cardinals. Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, you can't go wrong. SEC staple, white whales that have evaded the Arizona Cardinals during the Steve Chimera, much of his own doing, by the way. Good luck to you, Steve. We're moving on, and we're moving on with SEC ass kickers. Trenton Smith, $1.99 Super Chat. I'm not worried about Gannon losing the Super Bowl. He is known for elevating players. Yeah, they had a great roster, but something VJ couldn't do was elevate. You bet your ass. That's exactly right, Trenton. Uh, And VJ didn't elevate the good players. Outside of the Reddick Reclamation Project, which Vance deserves credit for, and who knows, there's a report that the Eagles might be interested in Vance. Good luck with that. Uh, The young (laughs) players didn't get enough time, right? I don't think anybody's got to worry now. You pick, you plug and play Will Anderson, Jalen Carter. They're playing year one, right? They're going to make mistakes. Of course, everybody in their first year of a new profession makes mistakes, but they're not going to be punished for it. Will Anderson's going to be allowed to learn and grow and develop on the fly or Jalen Carter or whomever. So that to me, that's, that's more encouraging. You know, you, you felt like going into drafts with Kime and Cliff, you had your hand tied behind your back because of, their coaching habits and Kimes draft philosophy. And now it's like, okay, I got a guy, Monty Austin Ford, who drafted a lot of good players in Tennessee and helped a lot of good drafts in New England that prioritizes offensive and defensive line. We know Jonathan Gannon prioritizes the line of scrimmage. We know Mike Zimmer would prioritize the line of scrimmage. And we know Drew Petzine in Cleveland prioritizes the line of scrimmage. I just, there are too many good signals for this franchise moving into draft season to be haunted, to not be, you know, to put the the haunting of prior drafts behind this bow. Buckle up. Buckle the fuck up, right? Is isn't that <laughs> is that our is that our is that our merchandise locker? Put it on our <laughs> shirt. Uh, we've got the uh of course the Jonathan Gannon press conference tomorrow going down at 10 a.m. I'll be there. Mac Perkins, of course, our leader of social media here is going to be there. We're going to have all great content coming from the introductory press conference. If you're interested in the KD press conference, that's going to be later. Of course, you want to follow at PHNX underscore sports on all your socials. And, of course, subscribe to this YouTube channel for all the great content coming out of those, uh, what, franchise-changing introductory press conference that are going to go down. Can't wait for it. Got some questions, of course. Hit Johnny and I up on Twitter and, of course, at PHNX underscore Cardinals with any of your questions that you might want to have asked to Jonathan Gannon, and I'll try to get those in for you. I'm probably not going to ask the uniform questions tomorrow. I think we're going to have opportunities maybe in Indianapolis, more one-on-one time. We'll do that. But, no, I'm not going to be the fool that asks about the uniforms tomorrow. You can come and ask, but, uh, of course, keep it locked to all of our social media channels and, of course, subscribe to this channel. Another great show in the books, Johnny. Uh, And we got another one on tap tomorrow. Loaded already tomorrow with the presser going down. Flipping loaded. We love all of you. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcast. Like this video. Share it around the YouTube at Metaverse. We're back tomorrow. Loaded Thursday show. Peace out. Love you.